A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Hey, yo, this is Big Daddy Kane, and you're listening to another hot interview on The Library with Tim Einenkel on rapstation.com. Watch this. Come on. Uh. Don't argue for you reach the bank. Can't recap. He's the creator of Sasasonic. He's a music producer, an artist development coach, a speaker, a celebrity DJ. He just released his newest album, Hashtag Everybody But KRS. He's Daddy-O, a.k.a. Professor Daddy-O. And I want to welcome him to the library with Tim Hunt and RapStation.com. Daddy-O, thank you for so much for joining me. Oh, man, my pleasure, man. Thanks so much for having me, Tim. God bless the people that died from crack. Could they the same people that brought crack back? Face the fact, it's what you came here for. My party make you say what Damon J here for. what you see. You, you know, you came out with your first solo album in 93, right? Called uh, right. You, you Can Be a Daddy But Never Daddy Yo. And then this new album, right. uh, Hashtag Everybody But KRS, is your second album. And you just released it uh, 2000, this year. Uh, this, right. why, why so much time in between albums? Probably because I was just busy doing life, you know what I mean? Like, um, and, you know, that's that's one thing. The other thing is that, you know, I think I've, for a long time, and this is the first time I'm saying this, so this is, you know, I'll probably say more after, but this is the first time I'm admitting this. I think I bought into the hype, man. I think I really bought into the hype of, 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 of you know, when you get past a certain age, you probably shouldn't be doing it. I, I think people can probably track back some interviews and be saying, oh, man, let these young kids have it, man. I had my time. And I talked to somebody not too long ago who told me I was doing an interview with a guy in Canada, and he told me that he spoke to Big Daddy Kane, and Big Daddy Kane said he was done making records. You know, he said, man, they like the old stuff. And I think I bought into that for a long time. And then I got frustrated one day a few years ago, and I was just in the studio, and I looked at my intern, and I said, yo, man, give me a beat. And he said, okay, what do you need it for? Cause, you know, I do media stuff and all that. So he's thinking, oh, what do you need it for? We're getting ready to do a commercial or you need that as a back bed for something. I said, no, I'm getting ready to rhyme. And he said, really? I said, really? And so the first record I did on my album was graffiti because I was just so tight. And I just went in there and just did the whole thing. And I was like, yo, that sounds good, man. And I was like, man, I just had to get it off my chest. You know, it was a rough day for me. And I realized that, you know, this one particular day, I realized nothing was going to suffice my frustration but a rhyme and so I went in and I did graffiti once I did graffiti I was like hmm this is interesting so then I ended up doing shortstop in like a, the next day then next thing you know I'm just I'm just hitting my interns up like yo what else you got me <laughs> you know what I'm saying what else you got hit my nephew up like yo what you got me all young dudes you know what I'm saying what you got me 
You know, it's the only one record that I got from somebody that's halfway older is is the the cracking record from Bobby, which was something I had did a while ago. Um, just because I wanted to do that record, like I, I wrote the hook to cracking, and I had Bobby do the beat, and I was really just holding on to it that maybe you know at some point I would give it to somebody or sell it to somebody, produce it for somebody. But then I was like, man, let me pull that joint out. You know, I pulled it out and I started rhyming on it. I was like, yeah, this is kind of cool. I didn't do that till way later on after I had a few more of those records though. But um, yeah, I just I just had got to the point where I was just like, yo, man, I'm gonna start writing. Then then once I did it. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like, you know, and just talking to me, I'm like, yo, you should be making records for the rest of your life. Like, if if you can make them, you need to make them. So I'm like, I got like a record, I got like an album ready to go in January or February. Um, I'm writing two more albums now, and then we'll see. Like, once I get past this, I'm writing a record called No Tablecloths, which is, I got the idea from my wife. My wife's from Haiti originally, and she said that when she first got to this country, and they was eating on tables with no tablecloths. It freaked out. And so I, I, I began this kind this concept of, you know, and I got my whole team using, you know, the terminology no tablecloths or tablecloths. So if you do something classy, it's a tablecloth move. If you do something not classy, then it's a no tablecloth move. So I'm writing a, a record about that. But you know, it it it's it, it slides a little bit more gangster. So it's not gonna be like this, you know, this this pristine pretty record, but it's about that. And then I'm also I don't ha- I have no idea I think I think I'm gonna call it powder burn but I'm doing this total sentimental record like I'm trying this thing out because I already got this record called Die Alone I already got this record called Powder Burn I already got this record called When the Letters Stop and it's all this real sentimental stuff man really still from the heart of where I've come from from East New York but just you know what I'm saying powder burn is about you know when you shoot somebody and you come home there's a powder burn on your hand and then you start thinking. Was that somebody's son? Did I shoot the right person? I mean, it's the worst feeling in the world. You know, gangsters never talk about this. They always talk, and that's my whole thing, is like to really reveal the other side. Not only some exposure snitching, but just to try to get down to some of the real realities about some of the stuff that happens. Dialogue is the same way. Dialogue is just a record about, you know, you could, you could fight to, to go to the top. The worst thing that you want to do is die alone. I remember, and I got that from a guy a long time ago, man. I was about 13 years old, and I remember this young guy on my block. He was older than me, though. And he said, man, you know, the one thing I tell him is don't don't let me die on them streets. If they shoot me or whatever, please pull me inside a hallway or something. But don't let me die on that street by myself. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? So it's that kind of stuff. So, um... I just I just got back into the mode. Once I got back into the mode and I and I started writing, I realized I was better than I used to be. Maybe a skill, or maybe it's just subjects. But maybe it's that I just got more to pull on now. You know what I'm saying? Like I got stuff to talk about. I could talk about stuff till I'm dead. So I'm like, whoa, this is kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? That I that I could do that. So you know. So now. I feel like a different person, you know what I'm saying? You know, I'm not, and I'm not doing the whole, you know, Ghostface Killers, Tony Stark thing. I'm not doing that with the Daddy O, Professor Daddy O thing. But I am more of a professor now than I than I have been. I've been teaching a lot, and and so everything kind of falls into that mode of I need to open up something. You know, it, it, it may not be message wrapped the way they seem to look at it. I'm writing a record called Stop the Violence, but it ain't nothing you think it is. You know what I'm saying? So it's not it's not message wrapped the way they 
might portray it, but in the same token, there's something I want you to get out of it. Like, you know, if you hear, I heard a hustler say, there's something I want you to get out of it that so you could kind of see the other side of this. And, you know, ultimately it sounds real corny, but ultimately make the world a better place. I think uh, one thing you do that's uh, great in this album is that you, you're believable. Uh, you know, you're not, you're not making up this, like, you're not hitting us with this fantasy world that, uh, you know, we look, we look at you as a vet. You know, because I think a lot of times what happens is that hip-hop is seen as, like, this, like you said, like a young man's game, right? So, but then when you get to, when you become, like, an MC that is in their 40s or 50s, you're like, you're not, you can't rap about, you know, you can't rap about, like, hang out on the street, you know, or whatever, because you have right, to right, maybe right, put your right, kid in, you know, you, so you have to wrap up. So how do you, when, when you first, you know, told your intern to put on the beat and you, and you wrote, and, and you did, and you, you laid down the tracks for graffiti, um, graffiti. Mm-hmm. was, was rapping as, I guess, an adult, was that, was that, I guess, natural or, uh, or did you feel like, did you look at what was happening today and like, well, maybe I have to rap as like, I might, you know, like these guys are. No, I think it was. I think it was more natural. I, I really do because graffiti is really a story, right? It's a story about my lineage, lineage, right? So a lot of people may not know what that means. The first four lines. So in the first four lines of graffiti, I say Natanyel told me everybody's style. How 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 Stetson Brothers rock the furious on strong now. That's why it's gonna take you a long while to foul on Baby Moses' wrong child. Natanyel was my teacher, right? This was the guy that changed my name from Dr. On to Daddy-O. I used to rhyme like little Rodney Seaman. I used to be, to the beat, y'all. You don't stop. Keep on to the break of dawn. That's how I used to rhyme. And there was a cat on my block named Nathaniel who was a hustler. He was on the block. And I used to always have my box because I used to have flash tapes, all of that stuff, fantastic tapes, cold crush tapes. And he saw me one day and he said, yo, come over here, man. And I was on, you know, he said, man. Let me hear you rock, you know, let me hear you rock to that beat. And so he heard me, I saw the rhyme. He said, man, what's your name, man? I said, he said, what you call yourself? Because, you know, they know me by my real name. He said, what you call, call, what you call yourself? I said, I call myself Dr. Arnie. He said, man, fuck that, fuck that, man. That's corny, man. That's corny. You gonna call yourself Daddy on. You're going to run down just like this. D to the A-double-D-Y-O. I go by the code of MC Daddy-O. And this is something that you must be told. You couldn't touch me with a sure shot pole, Daddy-O. Rob the law, MC Daddy-O. Came back for more, y'all. Now do it. <laughs> <laughs> And he stood. He had me on that corner, do that same damn rhyme over and over. So when I got back to Delight, I said, Joe, man, I changed my name, yo. He's like, what? And I was like, yeah, man. And then I showed him because the style that they had was called a gangster rock. Now, the lineage is this. There was a crew in Long Island called the Stetson Brothers, Pudgy P, Jeff Green, and a few other guys. Now, Sanyo was kind of the little, him and Rocco and them was the little dudes underneath them. He asked me who my favorite group was. I said, Flash in them. He said, man, the Stetson brothers beat Flash in them. I was saying, impossible. Flash in them can't be beat. He said, man, I can't wait to get you the tape, but I'm going to get you the tape, man. I'm telling you, I'm going to get you the tape. So for weeks, I'm sitting there waiting for this tape thinking, this tape ain't never going to come. Finally, he let me hear the tape, which I wish I heard. They fucking smash melon them. With that same style. With that gangster rock style. They was the only guys with that aggressive. Everybody else was, Melly Mel was a big voice, you know, freak me now, freak me now, but he didn't have the growl. And I heard the tape and I was like, oh, so that's my lineage. 
You know what I'm saying? So so I'm saying all that to say this. It's natural because I said, man, let me just start telling the story about where I'm from. Let me start let me let me just start talking about what I'm about. You know what I'm saying? You know, where I'm from, what I'm about. I'm not gonna do that corny ass remember me stuff. I'm not gonna do that corny ass I'm back stuff. But let me just start talking about where I'm from because there's some perspectives from even where I'm from that haven't been touched upon. You know, that's when I would I heard a hustle say that's what I was thinking about. I was like, yo, nobody ever talks about this shit. Nobody ever talks about how it feels to come up in the street and have to, you know, make sure that people's rent is paid because you the hustler on the block and make sure that people get turkeys on Thanksgiving because you the hustler on the block and make sure that Miss Mamie grandkids get toys at Christmas because you the hustler on the block because everybody talks about us in one or two lights. Either it's all bad and they messing up everything or it's some glorified, and no disrespect, but some glorified Rick Ross story that turns into something else. And I'm like, there's other things there. And, and, and then finally, something that eased it off for me was my age. Because I recognized that, yo, the way I'm supposed to approach this thing is I'm supposed to approach this thing as the OG. I'm not supposed to approach this thing like I'm trying to get their approval, meaning the young people like that I'm trying to get a young audience because that's not really what I'm doing. I do want the records to sound good because it's hip hop. And I have a, a really strong love for hip hop and the records and the way our records sound. You know, and if you talk to Chuck, you talk to a few of us about that. You know, we'll all tell you the story about how, man, we, we worked hard for these records to sound as sonically solid as they are. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, Stetsonic and Public Enemy, but really, Stephen Sonic's Public Enemy and BDP almost have the same route. With this first record, where ends up people calling a classic, but not sonically viable to any of us. You know, Chuck probably will tell you he don't like the sounds of, of Yo Bum Rusty's show. You know, Chris is going to tell you that that first record for him sonically is not it. And we're going to tell you that that first record, that On Fire wasn't it. And so by the time you heard the second record, they sound great. You know, they're big and they mix well and all of those particular things. Um so, you know, so I have, a, I have an affinity. I have a, a super strong love and affection for how hip-hop records sound. So I'm going to make sure that it sounds right. But my approach should not have to be, you know, it's not even an adolescent approach. It's really, it's, 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 it's not all the way senior citizen. I think that's my, my record when I'm 62, 63. But it's definitely a senior approach to making records. So, you know, what am I doing? Some of it I'm saying, come here, little boy, sit down, let me talk to you. But then some of it, I'm just talking, you know, the same way that they would talk. The way they would talk about being on the block is the same way I talk about being on the block. But if you listen to a record like, um, you know, Catfits or Nephew, I talk about where I be. I'm in, the, I'm in East Oakland, you know what I'm saying? I'm on places y'all rappers can't go unless you, unless you pay me. It's true. I, I, this all true. When I say my nephew named Omar, he be seen with baby. My nephew's Omar, and he might know Omar in, in Baltimore, just came home. Did a, did a, you know, a little stint with little, that, that girl, Snoop, on the wire. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, you got to pay them to even get in the city. And when I said Wayne did the time with the same crew that made me, my, my, one of my, I'm talking about Titus Homeboy is the sergeant that was with little Wayne every day of his bed, except the day he was off. He was the one taking Wayne back and forth to the shower. And this is somebody I grew up with. 
So, you know what I'm saying? I know stuff, stuff about Wayne that Wayne don't even know I know about him. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's just the way life ended up happening. But this is what, this is what it is. This is what we are. We don't, we don't pretend to be, you know, the super tough guys. We just ended up, we just ended up being born at that time. We ended up being born in East New York. So that, that, that meant a certain, that, that meant a certain thing. Being born in East New York was different than being born in the, maybe the East side or the upper East side of Manhattan or whatever. We, there was a protection element that we had to have. There were things that we had to learn how to do. So, so I definitely want to talk. I just didn't want to make it sound like I'm, t- it is a throwback story, but I wanted to make it sound a little bit more present. And so I think that's probably the biggest difference is that I think somebody else would have took the same thing, but they, they would use the words I used to and what we used to, and that's not what I do. You know what I'm saying? I put it all in the first tense. I put it all in the present tense. And, and, and I think that that's what makes us feel a little fresher with that. And then, you know, like I said, the, the, you know, having those nephews and having those interns and having them kids around you that, Yo, these are young kids telling me if I'm whack or if it ain't. I'm like, what it sound like? I said, yo, it's dope. Are you sure? They're like, yo, it's dope. I'm like, all right. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, it's not like I don't know the difference, but I definitely, look, if they, if they said something to me like, yo, I get it, but what did you mean by so-and-so? Then, you know, I would spend the day or the, the next two days or the next three days trying to figure out, how do I turn, you know, and sometimes it's only one or two words, yo. But how do I turn that around where it being? Then I come back to them, I say, so what if I said it this way? It's, oh, now that's it. You know, and, 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 and you know what I'm saying? So that, 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 you know, and I'm still, I'm still with that same element. Do I have counsel that's my age and above? Yes. But when it comes down to making records, a lot of times I lean on these, I'm saying kids, I mean, they're not, they not 13 and 14. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of times I lean on these kids for critique because it don't necessarily have to be their cup of tea. It don't necessarily have to be anything that they would ever play at any time. I just want I just want them to tell me whether it sounds good to them or not, whether they understand it or not. Even if they say, yo, that's a dope record, man. My pops would love it. That's fine for me. You know what I mean? But I just, I didn't want it to come off like pretentious and all those things. I'm doing most of the work, but I'm smart enough to know that, you know, I'm no man is an island. Daddy, I want to talk about a few other tracks, but the graffiti track, the one thing that I was curious about is um, why, why, why use graffiti to kind of drive home the point you just made about the purpose of the song? Because of my son. My son is one of the best graffiti writers I know. Right? So, so he actually was so dope as a little kid, 17, Tracy 180 actually put him in the crew. Like, that's how dope he is. And I, I thought about what that really means, right? So the whole, you know, you know, break dancers got their own thing, DJs got their own thing, us rappers got our own thing, but the graph writers got their own world. And that concept of being a graph writer, it's all about legacy, right? It's, it's you could think, but it's not about one day. None of that stuff is about one day. Somebody did great ass pieces on a train or mules on a wall for them to be there one day and go away. They did it for legacy purposes and they did it because they wanted it to stick. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and if you think, and, and, and then, you know, so I use a comparison between graffiti and watercolors because I got a six-year-old, right? I mean, I would have knew anyway, but I got a six-year-old, so, you know what I'm saying? And you think about the watercolors, you know, when I'm with my wife and my six-year-old sometimes, 
I get a little freaked out. I say, oh, man, she just got something on her shirt. And my wife always goes, oh, it's watercolors. It'll wash off. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I'm like looking at it. I'm like, yeah, a lot of people got styles that wash off. Right. And I'm not saying it, 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 it wasn't even seen as dope when it was introduced, but it actually can wash off. And I'm like, when I started doing what I was doing, a lot of what I was doing, I was like, man, you know, one of the things that my interns always did, man, I tried other voices, yo. Tim, for real, I tried some other voices. They said, nah, man, the daddy old voice. Right. Like, for instance, MC, right, the joint you were talking about yesterday on Twitter, MC started off with that low voice underneath it. Yeah, right. As the main voice. That's the way I made that record. Don't argue for you read the bank. Yeah, yeah. Damn, cat. And my and my and my my intent is like I I was like what? It was like I was like what? I, I said I, I said okay, let me go in and, and, and just pair it. And I did maybe four or six lines, and they said, "Now that's you." And then it was me that said, "You know what? Let me see what it would sound like if I lined them up." But I'll just bring the 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 the, the, the sing songy one down a little lower, and they said, "Okay, now that's cool." But they wouldn't let me get out of the classic daddyo voice, and so that's what that's what it means when I use that whole graffiti thing. It's like you know, I'm the same. You know, it's the same mule that you've been passing for years. You know, and it's still there, and they, and you like, oh man, you know. If he was there when it was written, you know, when it went up, you you, you know, that was one thing. If 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 it became a um, you know, then you might be a person. It's a landmark for you, or you could be a person who you just moved to the neighborhood, but you still use that mural as a reference. Yeah, you know where I live. I live right there where that Biggie mural is. Oh yeah, I know where that is. But you know, there's a generational kind of thing there, so that's why I use that terminology. I so I, I I appreciated the, the 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 analogy because there's also this amazing degree for me this amazing degree of uh, difficulty that uh, graffiti artists go through, like you know you like oh, see yeah. see them on bridge and I and I would be off I, I mean I'd be awful graffiti artist for many reasons one because I can't draw for my right. life but also I am <laughs> I am so scared of heights that I would not be able to do it but you know the per, the, <laughs> the whole point is that you know people are like. You know, you talk to people about hip hop or rap, and they're like, "Oh, you know, it's not that it's not that hard. It's pretty easy." Blah blah blah. And I think what's great about the what you're doing with the analogy is that you're showing people, no, it's just like graffiti. It's hard. <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to be an okay. MC because not everyone is an MC. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. Uh, one of my one of my favorite tracks on the album is MC because uh, just because the way it starts off with the the horns blaring and everything, uh, I enjoy. Right, right. I, uh, but you in in the song you say uh, rappers don't fit with me fits with you that's why you're scared of me. So what's right. the difference for you between a just a rapper and an MC? Um, I think it's one difference, right? And that is an MC could be a rapper, but a rapper could never be an MC. So I think rap the, the term rap rapper and, and, and how we ended up using rapper and how rappers in the whole life was just really you know a rapper is kind of something that we did on record. And this is just a daddy of definition. Maybe this fits, maybe it doesn't. But this is my this is my story. I'm sticking with it. Rapper is kind of something we did on record, um, you know, to make it sound perfect. You know, rappers are perfect. 
you know, maybe all rappers are not perfect. All rappers should be perfect. It should never be such terminology as whack rapper. Sucker MC, yeah. Whack rapper, no. Because rappers get the chance to do it over and all this. MC is a different situation because, you know, we even grabbed that terminology because of what it meant. That whole master ceremony thing and, 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 and being able to command it and, and everything. So ultimately, you know, we all set out in the very beginning. I happen to be old enough to be in that group. We all set out to be MCs in the very beginning. Some made it, some didn't, right? Because competition being the cornerstone, um, you know, some people just got, got beat out of a job. I mean, that's just, that's just the way to put it. But by the time we did records and we became rappers, um, you know, we, 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 we cleaned it up a little bit. We could punch in. We could do all these particular things. So an MC can easily do that. Um, but somebody who starts off as a rapper, somebody who starts off that their craft is not started in the studio, I mean, or their craft is starting, starting in the studio, that's what I meant to say, uh, you know, then it's a different situation because, you know, I've seen young people, which, you know, I'm, it's sad to admit, but it's true. I've seen young people that, you know, first time in the studio, you know, can I punch that? Can I? And I'm looking at them like, they shouldn't even know what punching is yet. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, they, they should yeah. be the type of person that practiced at home and just came in, got on the mic, and just killed it. But for them to actually be so in tune with a studio technique, right in the beginning of their career is like whatever. So I think that, you know, I think that that's the difference. Um, I think the difference is because um, I could stand up and, you know, when I'm saying that line in the record, I could stand up and be an MC and I could bark down on you rappers. I don't care if you're my age, younger, I don't care. But I could bark down on you because here you go with this this studio thing that, that, you know, I love the studio because you get a chance to, I mean, that's the reason me and you was on this, on, on this interview. You know, I love the studio thing because I get a chance to record it and, and, and let the world hear it. And shoot, maybe at one time, right? You know? right. But 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 that concept of being an MC is something that I will always embody, something I'll always respect. And a lot of that is because of my heroes, right? My heroes and my lineage. My lineage is, you know, Nat Daniel, you know, Rocco, Jeff Green, Pudgy, and, and you know, Pudgy P. And, and, and then, you know, my heroes with being Grandmaster Flash, um, in the Furious Five, you know, really Melly Mel more than everybody else. And then, you know, K.K. Rockwell, Lil Rodney C., um, um, definitely Kaz and J.D.L., you know, all those guys MCs. You know, so those, those you know, I'm, that's what I, to this day when I'm in the studio, I'm still thinking about J.D.L. I'm still thinking about Kaz. You know what I'm saying? I'm still thinking about them. 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 One. Melly Mel said something one time on a on a on a <laughs> on a on a tape. Man. He said it's like that, y'all. And a matter of fact, because even the train got two tracks. Most <laughs> <laughs> incredible line in the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm always thinking that. Like, can I? Can I achieve that? You know what I'm saying? Can I achieve? Because I I still feel personally recorded that the rhyme that Mel got on Beach Street is the best thing any rapper has ever recorded in their life. Even better than what he did on The Message, in my opinion. Because he really stretches it out. And by the end, he's going to be slave to no computer and all that. I'm like, yo, can I do that? And to this day, I'm still trying to figure out, can I do that? You know, that, that you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always looking at and those are all people that were MCs first before they were rappers. You know what I'm saying? Can I do that? 
you know, but you know, somebody that's just a rapper first, I can't, I think Hammer's a rapper. And he's a friend of mine, but I think Hammer's a rapper. So you know, sometimes there's no repeat performance for the rapper. That's the other thing about being a rapper. That's the hard thing about being a rapper. Like the kid Cash Out. He's probably a rapper. Because that Cash Out song was the hugest thing in the world, but no repeat performance for this dude. You know, so it's a tough, it's a tough thing. Little, people can argue with me. Lil Wayne MC. They can argue with me, but they wrong. Wayne gets it in. But some of the rest of them, maybe not. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's tough. Before you reach the bank, can't be capped. Before you reach the rank, loud and clear, we gon' air it out and let you know what it's all about. Loud and proud, pick you out the crowd. We win now, lost no way, no how. You got beef, we got heavenly protein. From angels to fiends, and we running this whole thing. Kings Creek, maybe hustlers we backyard, house on Hendrick Street. God bless the people that died from crack. Could they the same people that brought crack back? Face the fact, it's what you came here for. My party make you say what Damon J here for. Don't like what you see, what you came here for. And if you ain't decent, what you came here for? Superman, black and masculine. I father flow, that's why they call me daddy-o. I should know, please don't step in the lane. This is holy ground, so go out where you came. MC, rapper don't fit with me. Fist with you, that's why you scared of me. MC. Rapper don't fit with me, it fits with you, that's why you scared of me MC, rapper don't fit with me, it fits with you, that's why you scared of me MC, rapper don't fit with me, fits with you, that's why you scared of me A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.